Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Eva, and it is the second Tuesday of the month, which means we're doing an Am I the Asshole episode, and we're going to have so much fun together. And speaking of assholes, I'm going to try to be a little bit less of an asshole this week, although, listen, I'm not making any grand promises. I did sleep really well last night in that I didn't wake up once to pee. Now, did Sam wake up to pee in the middle of the night? She sure fucking did. But I was out. I think it's because um, I have this uh, sleep supplement. I don't take it every night. It's by Symbiotica. But when I do take it, I notice a huge difference in my, well, not huge, but I notice a difference in the percentage of REM sleep and deep sleep that I get on my Aura Ring data. And the night before, I'd gotten very little REM and deep sleep. And so the night before I podcast, I try to take the supplement so I can get like deeper sleep and be fresher and better for you guys. Although really fucked that up last episode, didn't I? (laughs) Um, By the way, I feel like there's going to be so much background noise in this episode because I don't know what the fuck is going on in the streets in Soho, but the people are out and the people are feral. I don't know what the vibe is. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if there's some kind of protest going on. I don't know if it's, it's not a full moon. I mean, we just had the new moon. So like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Wait, speaking of full moon, I can't believe how (laughs) how little time it's taken for me to get into so many tangents, but I just have to tell this story because I was dying. So my mom lately has been in her like couldn't be funnier, like it's so, I mean, every, I call her every night when I go on my night walk with Sam and she is just like 10 out of 10 these days. Like she's just so fucking funny these days. So the other night we're on the phone (laughs) and I like to update her on the books that I'm reading, right? And I've been reading Twilight. And so I just finished book two of Twilight, which we're going to get to, but, um, you know, in book two is when the werewolves kind of come out. And so to her credit, the whole reason this came up is she was talking about how she was walking or she was out in the yard, not like a walk walk, but she was, you know, out in the yard with her dog. And she's like, yeah, we saw some kind of animal. And I was like, maybe it's a werewolf. And then I was like, you know, in my book, the vampire book, um, there are werewolves now. And she's like, oh, what's a werewolf? And keep in mind, we speak in Farsi, but I was saying werewolf in English because I don't know what the fuck the Farsi word for werewolf is. So I was like, and she's like, oh, what's a werewolf? And she goes, oh, is it the things that like they turn into wolves at the full moon? And I was like, yeah, 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 that's exactly it. And then I was like, but I, I'm not sure, but the impression that I'm getting from the Twilight universe is that in this universe, it's not so much full moon related. It seems to be more like they turn into wolves when they're angry. And so she's like, oh, like the Hulk. And I was like, yes, mom, like the Hulk. Look at you, like up on your pop culture, mythical creatures and Marvel characters. Ooh, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hulk is Marvel, right? Not DC. Literally no one gives a shit. Okay, let's move right along. So <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, 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 exactly. And then she says, and she says this with such a level of deep earnesty. She goes, I'm not sure that werewolves are real, though. And I was like, you're not sure? <laughs> She's like, no, I'm really not. And I was like, 
I love you so much, mom. No, I'm not sure that they're real either. <laughs> but this bitch like genuinely believes that vampires are real. And she keeps referencing the story that was like allegedly in the news in Germany. I don't know wh what news outlet this was, but there was like some story about like some people who were I don't know hospitalized in a hospital in Germany and then like some nurse found that like all this like blood was disappearing from the hospital and they realized like this family was like drinking it I don't know I don't know but like I can believe that people did that I don't think that that's dispositive evidence that they're werewolves. I mean, that they're vampires. I think it more likely points to they're just like fucking weird. You know, this girl I met my freshman year. I, this is now just a podcast about mythical creatures, actually. So sorry if you came here for self-improvement advice. We're just going to be talking about mythical creatures the rest of the hour. So <laughs> choose your choice now. Um, what I don't want to see are comments. Oh, my God. She went on so many tangents. Um, cause it's not the show for you if that's going to bother you anyway. Oh, here we go. I'm an asshole already. You know what? There's something in the air in lower Manhattan today. Cause everyone is fucking on one anyway. Um, oh, oh, oh. When I was a freshman in college, I met this girl who was a year above me and she said that her freshman roommate was like obsessed with vampires and not to each myself, but this was right before Twilight came out. And Twilight really started this vampire obsession era. So this girl was, um, dare I say, a trendsetter. Who knows? Maybe it was Stephanie Meyer. I do think Stephanie Meyer's, there's something wrong with her. Like, I do really genuinely worry about her as a human being. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So apparently this girl, this girl's freshman roommate had like veneers put in, I guess, but like, like fangs. So listen, there are crazy people out there. I I don't think this like weird ass story that my mom told me is evidence that they're actual vampires. I think it's more likely either not true at all, or if it is true, they're just like fucking weirdos who drink. I mean, I don't know. There are people out here harvesting bovine colostrum and drinking it as like a health food. Okay, we're not going to get into that today. Anyway, um, we're doing Am I the Assholes? And we're going to have a really fun time together. And I'm going to try to be a little bit less spicy. Um, just kidding. I'm not because this is my personality, but I am less triggered today than I was last time. Oh, so yeah, I think I took too much of my symbioticus. <laughs> PSA, if you're able to follow what's happening here today, you probably have ADHD. Talk to your doctor. And if he questions you, just play so far of the podcast for him. And if he's like, what the fuck is happening? You'll be like, okay, see, that's because you're neurotypical and I'm able to fully follow what's happening because there's something wrong with me. No, but like, really, who doesn't have ADHD these days? Like, it's 2024. I nearly said 2023. It's 2024. The world is designed to give us ADHD, okay? Like, TikTok may as well be ADHD in a pill, uh, in an app. Okay, so I think I took too much of my the Symbiotica sleep supplement last night. You're supposed to pump it 12 times, but I was at the very end of the bottle, so it wasn't pumping anymore, so I just kind of poured it in my mouth, and I think I poured way too much because I didn't wake up once to pee. I should really check the pee, the bed for puddles because usually it's the urge to pee that wakes me up. 
I got up at 6 a.m., went to pee, convinced that it was like my 3 a.m. usual wake up to pee time. And I looked at the oven clock and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. It's six already. And so I just like pulled myself out of bed, walked the dumb bitch who had already peed. At some point, it's like, why am I even walking you this many times? Because you're peeing so much in the house. I've done four loads of laundry today of all of the things that she's peed on. Like, what's the point? Literally, what like, what are we even doing here at this point? Like, like, should we... Should I just get her a fucking wee pad and give up? No, I don't want to. Okay, um, let's move right along into our submission. So because it's about to be Valentine's Day, I thought it would be fun to pick some Valentine's Day-y themed ones. You know, I used to think it was Valentine's Times Day up until, maybe up until I moved to the U.S., honestly, or like a few years into me living in the U.S., so like, Frankly, go fuck yourself if you're going to make fun of me for that. English is my third language, okay? She's doing her best. And that's also such a shit excuse because at this point, English is by far the language that I'm the strongest in. Like German, I can barely keep up. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to pick kind of like common themes for Valentine's Day because even though I think a lot of us are in our like, I don't really give a shit about Valentine's Day era, which I think we should all be in because like literally who gives a fuck? At the same time, I think that holidays can create this like weird sense of pressure and weird it brings up every type of insecurity and feelings of inferiority that we've ever had, right? Like if you're someone who's ever been insecure about being single, certainly Valentine's Day is going to bring it up, but I think all of the other holidays bring it up too. Like for me, one thing that comes up a lot with holidays is feeling like a loser and feeling like I'm not cool enough and I don't have like a cool enough group of friends. And um, luckily, Valentine's Day doesn't trigger that one so much because it's not really a holiday that's centered around like drinking with your friends. But um, certainly all the other holidays bring it up for me. You know, so like whatever it is that you're insecure about, I think holidays tend to trigger. And obviously a lot of people have some kind of baggage around relationships and romance and Valentine's Day certainly brings it up. By the way, before we get into things, I just want to say I am recording this on Sunday. So the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. So um, I will not be addressing that. I know it's a huge deviation from how we usually do the podcast because usually there's, you know, this whole like 20 to 25 minute long sports recap segment in the show that we'll be skipping this week. <laughs> if it's your first time listening, I'm completely kidding. Like we literally never talk about sports. Like why the fuck would we? But like if let's say Travis proposed to Taylor on the field or some shit like that happened, I don't know about it yet. Okay. Like if Usher, I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember the whole thing with like Usher being a sex addict or whatever? Remember when Usher was dating Chili? Is that her name? Chili, the cute one from TLC. Um, I love her. Okay. Like. <laughs> What the fuck are we talking about? Okay, let's get into it. I'm so excited. Am I the asshole for choosing to be with my heartbroken sister for Valentine's Day rather than my husband? No, let's move on to the next one. I'm just kidding. Um, 
I, 29 female, am the oldest of two siblings, a brother, 28, and a sister who I will call Emma, 21, for the sake of the post. Love the name Emma. Super cute. Um, isn't um, Baby Spice named Emma? I love her. She's so cute. And isn't she? Oh, no, no, no. Ginger Spice is married to a big Formula One guy. So Ozzy, my boyfriend, I was going to say interacts with her a lot. Like he doesn't interact with her in person, but he does work on Formula One a lot. So they're in each other's orbits. Anyway, um, love the Spice Girls. And let's talk about that for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm extremely protective towards my siblings due to our childhood workaholic parents that were never there. When me and my 30-year-old husband met seven years ago, I briefly not briefly. I literally just made that up. It was not written there. Okay. Like I'm definitely still sleepy, sleepy. Um, it's crazy. Like I'm either underslept and crazy because of it or today I'm just, I'm just groggy. I think from that sleep supplement, like how much of it did I take? Like I clearly have no sense of what 12 pumps looks like when you unscrew the cap. Cause I must've had like 650 pumps. Cause I feel like I'm like in a coma. <laughs> Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I explained I'm, I'm basically their mother. And when they need me, I will drop everything to get to them. Love that for you. Even before we got married, I made him promise to me that he accepted my loyalty with my siblings will always come first. Recently, my sister did something stupid, which caused her childhood sweetheart, whom she'd been with since she was 15, to ghost her. Oh, my God. What did she do? <laughs> like, what did she do? <laughs> like, stupid or evil? Because I don't know that something stupid should warrant someone that she had been with for seven years, six years, six years, um, to ghost her, right? Like, it's got to be, like, evil or he's an asshole. Okay. Doesn't matter. Since the 9th of February, she's been staying at her home and I've been helping her deal with her first heartbreak, which she's taking bad. Think Bella New Moon bad. Now, did I pick the submission because she referenced Bella from New Moon? No, I swear on my life I did not. But when I saw that, it did kind of affirm that I should talk about this. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to keep reading truly extreme ADHD vibes today. You know what I think it is? I've been taking, <laughs> I don't know that we're going to get through a single one at this rate. <laughs> like we are what, like five minutes into the podcast. And I think I've gone on 32 rants already. Tangents. I mean, a girl is not well. I've been taking herbs for like bracing. Oh my God. Boosting your brain power before I went to, I went to Mexico last week. Um, I didn't really talk about it on the podcast. It's a whole thing. I actually, I'm still not going to talk about it on the podcast because it would really take like 14 podcasts for me to fully summarize the shit that I went through. But like a brief synopsis, I would say that my experience was um, like fire festival meets Stanford prison experiment. Um, I went to meet up with Ozzy. He was there for work. His work put us up in a all-inclusive resort. Now, I am not an all-inclusive resort type of girly, so it's just not my general vibe to begin with. But, you know, I went in open-minded, and I was like, okay, the food is going to suck and, like, whatever, but I'm going to make the most of it. It, it, 
I I don't know what to say other than um, maybe I think we could shut down Guantanamo Bay and send people there instead. Truly, truly, I think waterboarding seems like a hydrofacial relative to the shit that I endured at this fucking resort. I mean, from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed all day, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't sit here. You can't have this. You can't have that. Stop it. Like people pay money for this shit. I mean, I didn't, but people pay money to be treated like this. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's not like you can leave. It's like a resort on a highway where everything else on that highway is resorts. I went to Tulum one day, but that cost me like $350 round trip to do that. So that wasn't sustainable. It was really nice to just be free for a few hours and not be reprimanded all day long. It was like being in a boarding school where the administration has it out for you. Like, I don't know if they're treating everyone like this or if they were specifically targeting me. Now, I did come in like very cunty because I was really stressed. And, you know, the day before I left was when I recorded the last podcast. And that's when I had collapsed on the street and I just really wasn't well. And I was about to get my period. And but you know what? I, I should have known it was going to be a fucking weird experience because basically I got there and I was like, hey, listen, um, my boyfriend's staying here. I um, it's an all inclusive resort. So if you're going to stay with someone, you have to like give their name. They have to give you a wristband, yada, yada. So I was like, can you just add my name to the room? Here's his credit card. We can put it on his credit card. And the guy looks at me and goes, why? Like, Hello? I don't I don't even know how to answer that. Generally, I love the question why it's a really good question, but like I don't know how to answer that in this context. I was like, why? Why? Well, like, why what? Like, why am I here? Why am I staying with him? Why were you adding me to the uh, why what? Like, I don't are you asking me why I'm choosing to pay money to your resort to stay here? Like, is I'm sorry, am I inconveniencing you? And I think the answer is yes, I was inconveniencing them because they treated me like absolute horseshit. The way, like, what? One day they just like denied me water. I was like, okay, so like now you're just taking my basic human rights away. Okay, like can we get the Geneva Accord in here? Okay, let's go back. I'm like literally not even done reading the first submission of this podcast. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Okay, um, blah, blah, blah. Recently my sister did something stupid which caused her childhood sweetheart whom she'd been been with since she was 15 to ghost her. I just can't get over this. Okay, since the 9th of February, she's been staying in her home, blah, blah, blah. Okay, of course, Valentine's Day being so close, it was going to be harder for her. You can imagine my anger when my husband decorated our bedroom and got me an over-the-top gift basket with extremely expensive makeup slash skincare. I don't know. I don't know. Did he make a stupid mistake trying to mean well or did he set out to prove a point as he's been of a bit of a crap towards my sister? He hasn't shown her any pity, nor does he support me, quote unquote, treating her like an innocent baby. On Valentine's Day, he called me and said, get ready. He was taking me out to surprise me. I honestly was needing a break out and I was glad we weren't fighting anymore. While I was getting ready, my sister entered the room and had a breakdown, which ended in a panic attack 
back. She was still crying in my arms when my husband entered our room dressed in a suit. I just mouthed sorry and he threw down the roses screaming, fuck it, I can't take this shit anymore. He came back home around 3 a.m. and slept on the floor of our bedroom by his own wishes. Since then, he hasn't spoken to me. My brother has told me I was in the right as our family comes first, but my friends are on my husband's side. Fuck. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Holy shit. I think everyone is in the wrong a little bit. Everyone is in the right a little bit. And I actually have a lot of compassion for everyone in this situation. Number one, I kind of have been Emma before. Um, I went through like my worst breakup, which I feel like I've talked about a lot on recent episodes because I've been getting a lot of DMs about it. (laughs) So I feel like I've been talking about it a lot. So you guys are familiar with the comedian and my breakup with the comedian, which happened New Year's Eve of 2019, I guess is what we call it. So it was like December 31st of 2018, January 1st of 2019. We call that New Year's Eve of 2019, right? Like it's it's vague. It's hard to say. Um, so <laughs> um that Valentine's Day was certainly hard for me. Um, ironically, he was in Australia at the time, which is like funny because usually I'm in Australia in February now because my partner now is Australian and so much better than that piece of shit asshole. But I like I had my Bella New Moon breakup that year and I had no one, literally no one who was reaching out to me. That's not true. My sister-in-law and my brother were really, really great and they would call me a lot and we would talk on the phone a lot. But well, actually, no, 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 not so much my brother yet, but my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law was fucking amazing to me during that breakup like she really really was there for me and would talk to me a lot and she also was like giving me a lot of tough love because I like it would that breakup really was my fault like it really was because like my anxious attachment took over and I acted like a fucking lunatic and that made it a lot harder also in a weird way because it wasn't like I could just be like fuck him he's such an asshole like I really put so much of the breakup on myself and I mean I put a hundred percent of it on myself in retrospect I don't think it was a hundred percent my fault I think that he really had narcissistic tendencies and I really had to suppress so much of myself in that relationship. And I think that that would weigh on anyone and it would come exploding out, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying that when someone goes through such an extreme breakup, and if you're handling a breakup in that way, there's definitely some kind of anxious attachment at play, like definitely hands down, because someone who's securely attached, sure, can go through a really break a bad breakup. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but they wouldn't go through that like extreme dark where it's like, holy shit, is this person going to live or die type of situation for an extended amount of time? Like that really is emblematic of anxious attachment. Of course, I didn't have the vocabulary or understand that at the time, right? I didn't, my friends like really weren't there for me. And like I, there were two girls from law school that I was like really, really close with. And even though 
they weren't friends with my entire other group of friends from law school. And by they weren't friends, I mean like literally everyone at law school hated them (laughs) other than like me and like maybe two other people. But they were the first people I made friends with in law school. So I was always like really, really loyal to them. And like to the point where I stopped being friends with people because of like, like there was one of the two girls, we'll call her Darlene, Darlene hooked up with this guy and then that guy hooked up with this girl who was friends with one of my friends. I stopped being friends with that girl because her friend hooked up with the guy that Darlene liked, okay? Like that is the level of loyalty that I had. Like countless times for the other girl, not Darlene, I dropped everything to be there for her because she was having a breakdown over one thing or another. Meanwhile, I was completely needless in law school because like I was so out of touch with my own feelings and in such like denial and suppression about so many things going on with me that I was like really never having breakdowns or anything. Like I just was like very happy to play the supporting character for other people. Like, I was really fine being that, like, non-main character in other people's lives. So I was completely needless. This was the first time in our friendship where I really, like, needed something. Like, I went through, I mean, truly Bella and New Moon is the best, best, best way to describe it. Like, I was a zombie. Like, that breakup brought up everything. Like, everything that I had been suppressing and repressing throughout my life, it was more than just a breakup. Like, A... I was handling it so poorly because I had this extreme anxious attachment. I didn't know what anxious attachment was. I didn't understand. I just like literally felt like I couldn't breathe. And then on top of that, every form of trauma I had gone through my entire life came up because I wasn't able to just be like, fuck this guy. Instead, like I was like, holy shit, I caused this breakup. Why did I cause this breakup? And I just dove head first into why I was behaving the way that I did. And so all of this like unresolved childhood trauma came up. I mean, I was a broken shell of a person, like to the point where I think like people really close to me honestly were like, is she gonna harm herself like I was not like I was not like I really was not okay like it was like like you know like that punch in the gut kind of feeling where it's like (gasps) like you know that kind of feeling and every second feels like it's 4,000 hours that's what I was like for two months straight literally and these girls not once not once checked in on me. Um, We're not friends anymore as a direct result of that, actually. And you know why? Not Darlene. The other Darlene was just like followed the other girl's footsteps. The other girl said the reason that she never checked in on me was because I never introduced her to the comedian. And she's like, well, you just like didn't think I was good enough for your famous boyfriend. I was like, no, he like worked the time like it wasn't my choice to not introduce you like he worked during hours where normal people hang out like that wasn't like my like it that was so fucking nuts to me but I'm so happy that those friendships are over nevertheless I think what this girl is doing for her sister is so good and so kind and so 
like I wish I had had someone like when I look at like for example Ariana by the way we have to talk about Vanderpump Rules maybe maybe not I don't know we've already gone on so many tangents but when Ariana and Tom broke up last season in that horrific way all of Ariana's friends basically had a group text and they were not letting her be alone like they they would just have shifts so that she never had to be alone Like the way that I wish I had had that, like the way that I think it's so important to have community like that and have people reaching out for each other. And I think one really nice thing about, you know, I've talked about this a lot, like everything that's been going on with Sam is just having people constantly reach out to me and check in and things like that. Like people have really shown themselves to me and that's been really, really great. So, um, I think this is like really, really, really incredible that the scroll is doing this. Now, I do think the sister, Emma, lacks a tiny bit of self-awareness. And I understand like when you're going through something extreme and I can relate to this because I'm kind of going through something extreme and I'm doing this, you tend to think that your problems are the only problems in the world. And this is like the biggest thing that's going on and like how like the way I described it. And I was talking about my situation with Sam, right? I was talking about it with a friend because we were talking about a different friend who like hadn't really been checking in on me but then like was like messaging to say like random shit and to me it was like I was like it's kind of like talking about the weather when we're standing in the middle of like a burning building like a building that's like literally on fire and it's like the building's on fire the weather doesn't matter right now we need to evacuate the building right that's what it feels like when you have anxious attachment and you go through a breakup or not even a breakup. Like honestly, if you have severe anxious attachment and the guy that you're talking to just like isn't answering your text, it literally feels like you're like in a building that's on fire. And if anyone tries to talk to you about anything else, it's like, I'm so sorry, but there's bigger shit going on right now. Okay. This doesn't matter, but that's literally what it feels like. And it like feels crazy to say it out loud because it's, you, you know, you know, you know how unhealthy that is, but it's literally what it feels like. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> but fucking Emma needs to like need like you know what it is the brother should have stepped in more the brother should have stepped in more and taken a little bit of weight off because this husband is clearly feeling some kind of way now I would like to see him be a little bit more gracious like what I think he could have done that would have been really sweet is instead of doing all of this just for the wife he should have done it for Emma too like he should have just like gotten her shit for Valentine's Day and just showered both of them and I know that he's probably feeling frustrated and like what the fuck but also you're married you've had many Valentine's Days together and you're gonna have many more Valentine's Days together so who cares like this one where this girl it's not like it's gonna happen for a full year or she's definitely gonna get over it by next year you know so I think that he should have been a little more gracious and a little bit more accepting but Obviously, this is like really, really weighing on them. And I do think the person who wrote this and also probably has codependency issues because it does seem like she's sacrificing everything in her life for her siblings, which actually makes sense given her upbringing where the parents really weren't present and she had to fill in a parental role. And to be a parent really like the one time where 
it's acceptable and healthy to put other people's needs ahead of your own is when you're a parent, right? That's the one relationship in the world where you are supposed to put other people's needs ahead of your own. And that's a healthy thing. And it's also never going to be a bi-directional relationship. Like a parent to child relationship is always the parent is giving more than the child is. That's just how it's supposed to be. That's how it's meant to be. That's, you know, how we as a species have evolved. That's the healthy dynamic. Um, But this girl is not Emma's parent, nor is she supposed to be Emma's parent. Nevertheless, she kind of had to play the role of Emma's parent, which is, you know, a little bit of an unhealthy thing. And as a result, I think she's picked up a lot of codependency issues. And not once in this entire submission have I seen her even acknowledge her own feelings, her own wants, her own needs, right? She's now just trying to cater between her husband's needs and her little sister's needs. And that's a really unfortunate thing because I, I, she has needs of her own that she needs to be caring about. But yeah, I think everyone's a little bit of the asshole here. I think Emma needs a little bit more self-awareness. Emma really needs to work through her anxious attachment piece. Um, Emma's boyfriend literally ghosted her after six years of being together. That's fucking nuts. I want to know what the fuck Emma did to warrant this. Um, If she, quote unquote, did something stupid and he's ghosting her, I will kill him. I'm not even joking, okay? I'm feral these days, okay? (laughs) I will kill him. (laughs) I may have gotten the vampire gene and I will suck his blood. Um, Okay, can we talk about Bella for a minute? No, no, no. But the husband. The husband, I get it. I'm sure he's frustrated. I'm sure this is like a lot for him. But at the same time, it's temporary. And I'd like to see him be more involved. I think that's like if he's feeling very excluded and like he's lost his wife, I think a really easy workaround is include yourself. Like instead of having your wife have to choose between being there for the sister and like being a wife to you, what you could do is just be there for the sister too. And that way it's the two of you doing this together for the sister. And that's going to bond you even more. Um, So yeah. And the brother, the brother should be stepping in more and helping out more. This shouldn't just be falling on the person who submitted this. Um, So yeah, I think everyone's a little bit wrong. Now, I would like to issue an apology to Bella Swan because I feel like I came down really, really hard on her after book one of Twilight. And I, you know, my friend was like, oh my God, if you think Bella's anxiously attached in book one, just wait for book two. And here's the thing. Yes, Bella fucking lost it when Edward left. But, oh, and by the way, tiny spoiler alert, but nothing you couldn't have figured out. And also, if you thought they were going to be together seamlessly for all six books, then I don't even feel bad about spoiling this for you because, like, clearly you've never picked up any sort of entertainment ever. Um, So, yeah, Edward leaves for a bit or all of book two. I'm not going to tell you. But Bella takes it really, really horribly. Like really, like she's like a shell of a human being for months and months and months and months. And listen, Bella has anxious attachment. That's what happens. But 
I'm just bringing my leg out for this one. So, and if you're not on video, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, but it is what it is. So I don't blame Bella for this. I think this is 100% Edward's fault. And let me explain. I think these men, they do this, right? So when women get into these relationships that are like really obsessive and like, codependent seeming and you know they're just all over each other and it's moving so quickly and they're just constantly saying I love you and they're constantly talking about each other and the relationship is like fast and intense and all of these things two people are participating in that it's not just the woman that's doing it and then all of a sudden poof the guy disappears And everyone's like, oh my God, you just like need to get over it. You just need to get past it. Well, she's not the one who created this situation. This guy has been out here being like, oh my God, like he's been equally participating in this dynamic and leading or not leading her on, but like whatever, creating this intense attachment. And then he suddenly disappears, leaving her high and dry. Of course, she's going to fucking lose her mind. Why would she not lose her mind? Right. I think we've all been there. We've all been in a relationship with a guy who's like love bombing from the get go and then all of a sudden goes cold or all of a sudden disappears or all of a sudden ghosts or all of a sudden whatever and then like we're left like reeling and everyone acts like we're the ones being crazy no we're not the ones being crazy that motherfucker is the crazy one because he did and said all of these things and then he just disappeared I'm just being consistent okay like I was consistently into this and now I'm hurt which is consistent with my previous behavior he's the fucking crazy one so this is all Edward's fault Now, if Bella wasn't so anxiously attached, she would have been turned off by the whole shit from the beginning, right? That's where it's all our fault because we need to be more discerning and not let ourselves be love bombed. So if you're going to learn anything from Bella, if you're going to learn anything from Emma, if you're going to learn anything at all, Be fucking discerning when someone is obsessing over you. Because if someone's obsessing over you, especially when it's really, really early on, not like if you've been together for a year and all of a sudden your man says like, oh my God, I love you so much. I can't get over how much I love you, blah, blah. That's beautiful. That's stunning. But if you've been together for a week, two weeks, a month, two months, and it's constant word, verbal, you know, affirmations. It's constant over the top. Oh my God. And I know it feels good. I know it feels so good, but resist it. Because if they're being that verbal and that over the top that early on, it's not about you. It's about how you're making them feel in that moment. And they're going to stop feeling that level of excitement and addiction towards you because that dopamine high is going to wear off and they're probably going to fucking disappear and you're going to be left in shambles. So be wary of someone who is showing you too much too soon. How long have we gone on just this one? Okay. Am I the asshole for being upset with my boyfriend for not partaking in Valentine's Day? My boyfriend, 22, and I, 22, have been together for almost three years. Our anniversary is beginning of March. 
In the past, we never really showed much care for Valentine's Day since it's become a largely capitalistic holiday, etc. But we always got each other a little something. Recently, there's been a little switch up in our careers. I make I make a little bit less than I used to and he makes about the same amount, but he has to work almost 50 hours a week. I was also recently in a car accident that left me without a car for a few days while it got fixed. It was in the shop from the 10th to the 15th of February. And with the way our schedules were, it made sense that I drove his car to drop him off at work, went to my work, then picked him up after the end of the day. When Valentine's Day rolled around, I surprised him with a gift bag of all his favorite snacks and drinks and a little gift card to his favorite restaurant. A gift card to his favorite restaurant. It's an interesting choice of gift for your boyfriend, but okay. Um, He was happy with it, said thank you, and left to go shower. (laughs) I shrugged it off, thinking maybe he was just going to wait till tonight. I drove him to work and went to work myself. I got off work around lunchtime and decided to surprise him with something for lunch. When I showed up, he said thank you and said his boss was coming in soon, so I needed to leave. I left and waited for him to text, call, anything. He didn't talk to me all night. Even when I picked him up from work, he said hi and then started going through social media. When we got home, I had a movie date set up with heart-shaped pizza, mini red velvet cakes, um, drinks, and a pillow fort. (laughs) Cute. I love a pillow fort. He said, did you really leave the TV on the whole time you were gone? I suddenly became overwhelmed with anger and regret for even trying. I stormed off into the bedroom with the cake and my dog. He left me alone for over an hour, then texted me asking if I was mad or something. I asked why he didn't get me anything for Valentine's Day, and he said, I thought you don't care about Valentine's. I said, Not a lot, but I was kind of expecting something. His excuse was that he didn't have a car for the past week, so he never had a chance to. I responded with, if you wanted to, you would. And he called me a spoiled child and said I ruined an already ruined holiday. I was really mad in the moment, but it's a week later and I'm wondering if I did overreact or act like a spoiled brat. So am I the asshole? Wow. Okay. So I hadn't read this one. I just read the title. And I think that a very common thing that happens is in a heteronormative dynamic, women get upset with their men for not doing enough for holidays in general, but specifically Valentine's Day. And I think a big part of the reason why that happens is that we have these grandiose expectations from social media, from movies, from TV shows, from Hallmark, from whatever, right? And I personally am not a Valentine's Day person. I think it's like stupid. I think Valentine's Day is for the girls. I don't really like fuck with like forced romance. Um, It's yeah, I, I think you should be showing love all the time. I don't think like a holiday should be the thing that makes you do it. And I do think it's really commercialized and I don't think it matters. So I was expecting to read this mission and be like, actually, you are the asshole and like, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm fully on this girl's side. Now, I do think that she did way too much. Again, I just think Valentine's Day is for the girls. And I am not like, I'm not getting Ozzy anything for Valentine's Day, but nor is he getting me anything. Like if he gets me anything, it should be, I think 
this is what I think men should be doing for Valentine's Day. Flowers, that's it. Maybe chocolate. Maybe, maybe chocolate. That's it. Couples who do more than that hate each other. (laughs) By and large, every couple that I know who gets each other actual gifts for Valentine's Day, either they both hate each other or one of the two secretly hates the other. And they use Valentine's Day as a way to overcompensate for that. Okay, like cool couples barely do anything. But... I think it feels really shitty if you do nothing, nothing, nothing. And that is because there's so much like societal expectation and pressure, right? Like you should just be like kind of cute and silly about it. Like, oh, haha, this is so silly. Happy Valentine's Day. Love ya. And even without a car, you can send fucking flowers. But I think this guy's behavior is really fucking weird. Like there's just something... I get a really weird feeling from this. I don't think you're overreacting. I don't think you're an asshole. Um, I would take a little bit of space and then be like, hey, listen, I don't really care about like the Valentine's Day of it all or whatever, but I'm getting a weird feeling from this. Like this feels like more than just like you thinking I don't care about Valentine's Day. It genuinely felt like you just didn't care about me or my feelings or the relationship as a whole. Like, what do you think? Is there something we need to talk about? There's something about me that gives me, there's something about this situation that gives me really weird vibes. Um. Okay. Let's do one more because I don't know how we're doing on time. Am I the asshole for not celebrating Valentine's Day? I have never been one to celebrate Valentine's Day. I usually don't even remember until after it has passed. Last year, two months into my relationship, I forgot it was Valentine's Day, but my girlfriend did not. I was working from home when she surprised me with an edible arrangements Valentine's Day delivery. It was awkward because I've never celebrated Valentine's Day before, but also how is someone supposed to eat all that fruit by themselves? (laughs) Anyways, I ended up inviting her over to my place for the first time and cooking her a Valentine's Day dinner and even got her some chocolates. After this weird Valentine's Day, I explained how I never celebrate Valentine's Day I don't understand it and gave her the consumerism spiel. She said she wasn't really big on Valentine's Day either, but wanted to show me how she feels. I told her she didn't have to get me anything and I don't really enjoy Valentine's Day. She respected it. All good. One year later, Valentine's Day is here. And of course, I didn't know once again. She never spoke to me about it. We And we would usually laugh about the edible arrangement story if ever brought it if I if ever brought up in the course of the last year. I didn't get an edible arrangements delivery today and there was no mention of Valentine's Day. We just texted throughout the day as usual. Then just a few minutes ago, I got a long paragraph about how she knows I don't like Valentine's Day, but she was still expecting me to do something for her. She said she told herself not to expect anything, but I never acknowledged it was Valentine's Day, and deep down she was expecting me to come surprise her at work or something. I can barely remember what day of year it's on, and 
I thought I made it clear that Valentine's Day isn't a day I'd like to celebrate. Am I the asshole for not doing something for her on Valentine's Day? Honestly, kind of. Again, I agree with all of this. I think Valentine's Day is a stupid holiday. I think it's consumeristic. I think it's um, like capitalistic. I don't think it means anything. I think that we are putting way too much emphasis on it. I think that to have these grandiose expectations is stupid. And specifically for females, I think we put so much weight on it and we like to just constantly compare ourselves to our friends and to like stupid rom-coms that we watched growing up. And we put so much weight on these things and we let them run our lives. And I think all of these things are really fucking stupid and we just, we need to cut it out. Enough, enough. That being said, just acknowledge it. It's February 14th. It's not that hard to remember. Every standard calendar has it marked, okay? Your iPhone calendar pops it up. Your Google calendar, it's automatically there, okay? It's not that hard to remember. It is not that fucking hard to remember. Plus, when you go into a CVS or a Walgreens or a Walmart or any fucking drugstore, at any point after like halfway through January, there's hurt shit everywhere, okay? Not knowing just isn't an excuse. And I get that you don't want to make a big hoopla out of it, but acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it. Just send some fucking flowers. Is this hill worth dying on is what I want to know. Like, do you have such a big issue with Valentine's Day that you're willing to make your girlfriend feel like horse shit over it? I, my guess is no. This hill is not worth dying on. You know what? Most fucking hills are not worth dying on. Now, I think this girl's problem is that she's like, oh my God, no, I don't care about Valentine's Day either. You know what she would be better off doing year one? She should have been like, no, totally. I get that it's not a big deal, but at the same time, it feels really good to get some flowers and get some acknowledgement from the guy that you're dating. So like, am I expecting like diamonds and rosé and like a big, you know, expensive pre-fee dinner situation? No, but I think it would be fun if we could make our own little ritual for Valentine's Day. For example, I'd like to set up a new ritual with Ozzy where we go to a dive bar and do something very non-romantic and like watch sports or something and have a few cocktails or something like that. Like I, I'd like to do our own non-traditional spin on Valentine's Day going forward. I can't remember. Last year we were in Tasmania for Valentine's Day. Um, I don't remember anything beyond that, but I think something like that would be fun. Like, I think trying to do this whole, like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care when you do care is just going to backfire and everyone's going to be upset. So I think really our, let me just check the time. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to read another one after this one because they're all the same elk. It's a bunch of dudes being like, did I fuck up? 
by not doing enough for Valentine's Day. And it's a bunch of chicks being like, did I fuck up by being upset because my dude didn't do enough for Valentine's Day? And here's the thing. Everyone's fucked up and everyone's right to a certain degree. So I think that we need to just kind of cut it out. And if you care about Valentine's Day, be vocal about that. If you don't really care about it, but you know you're going to fall victim to comparing yourself to what society says that you should be expecting for Valentine's Day, also be upfront about that and simultaneously work through why it is that you're letting other people dictate to you how you should and should not be feeling about things. And on top of that, everyone else just acknowledge it, but don't go over the top, okay? And for everyone who's feeling some kind of way, I just want to reiterate your friends who are like getting big lavish gifts from their boyfriends on Valentine's Day. Either the boyfriend is cheating on her or she secretly hates the boyfriend. It's one of the two, I can guarantee it. So... (laughs) Watch Ozzy get me something big and lavish this year. No, but he's not going to because he knows that I don't really give a shit about it. But here's the thing. I genuinely, authentically really don't give a shit about it. That being said, if he did literally nothing, if he like didn't even acknowledge that it was Valentine's Day, then yeah, I would feel some kind of way. I do expect him to acknowledge it. I'd like some flowers or something, but it's... It shouldn't be beyond that. It should not be beyond that. Um, Okay, we're going to wrap up because like I said, all of the submissions are the same and we're almost at an hour and um, we don't really need to keep doing this over and over and over again. And I'm not going to get into 650 more tangents. But before we wrap up, this week's Foods That Make You Blush segment is all about libido because this week is all about Valentine's Day. So if you want to get your fucking on, <laughs> these are some foods that you should eat because they are foods that have been well-researched and documented to boost libido. Number one, blueberries. Number two, beets. Um, and both of these actually are because of their high antioxidants and they really improve blood blood flow and get blood flowing into the nether regions. Cacao, cacao again boosts blood flow. And actually, if you pair a tiny bit of cayenne with the cacao, it really enhances absorption. So that's something to look into. Pumpkin seeds, pumpkin seeds are high in zinc, which is really good for libido. And then there are three spices slash herbs that are on this list because they're just so fucking good for libido. One is cinnamon. Um, another is saffron. Saffron is a Persian spice that's really, really good for um, like depression and mood and things like that, but also very well researched and studied for libido. And then maca. Maca is a type of root vegetable. And um, it's really, really good, again, for mood, for hormone health. It's um, a little bit stimulating, gives you a bit of a boost. And it's really, really good for libido. Um, So... If you want to enhance your libido this week, eat some of these foods. And before we wrap up this week's episode, we are going to end with gratitude like we end every single podcast episode. And the reason that we do this is because having a regular gratitude practice has been scientifically proven to increase your levels of happiness. The only key is you don't want to just repeat the same three things that you're grateful for every week. Instead, you want to 
look for, and I mean, you ideally want to make this a daily practice, but you want to scan through your day and find three new things that you're grateful for. And the reason that we do this is because it's actually the process of scanning through your day to find things that you're grateful for that strengthens the part of your brain that is looking for the good in life. It's kind of like training a muscle. You're just strengthening that neural pathway. And as that neural pathway becomes stronger, then you automatically start noticing the good in life more, which makes you a more optimistic person. It makes you a more happy person. And it just makes you a more pleasant person to be around. So I invite you as I list three new things that I'm grateful for this week for you to list three new things that you are grateful for this week. Okay, I am grateful. Hmm. <laughs> really? Oh, 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 oh. Ozzy comes back tomorrow and I'm really fucking grateful for that. And I'm really grateful that we're going to have a full week of family time together because even though I saw him last week, I just can't wait for him and Sam, the dog, to be together and the three of us to be together. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, I am grateful. Okay, I have to have emergency dental surgery next week, which fucking sucks. But I caught the situation before it got really bad. So I'm grateful for that. And um, I think I've mentioned that I hurt my wrist. So um, I reached out. It's been a while now and it's still hurting. So I reached out to the physical therapist that I went to for like, I was going to say a knee problem, but I think it was actually something with my foot. I had a foot problem Um, and she was really fucking amazing. And I actually just texted her today and I was like, hey, do I have to go to a doctor or can I just come straight to you? I know I didn't break a bone. There's no swelling, um, but, you know, it's been hurting for a while. So I think I need to come in. And she's like, no, baby, you can just come straight to me. Like I've been doing this shit for a million years. I don't need an x-ray. And I'm grateful for that because it just cuts out one step and I can go straight to her and get the shit over with. And I just want a, a little addendum. I am grateful for my freedom because it wasn't until I went to this hellhole of a resort in Mexico that I realized how much I need to be grateful every minute of every day that I don't have some stupid hotel reprimanding my every fucking move. Okay. Do not go to this place. It was hell on earth, hell on earth. Okay. Um, that's that on that. Thank you so much for being here. Um, definitely come back for next week's episode because we are going to talk about the nervous system and attachment theory and just being more confident and secure in yourself. And it's going to be a really fucking sick episode. So you do not want to miss this episode. And... I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking through me through this kind of sleepy episode. I'm not going to lie. I just, I don't know. I don't know what is wrong with me, honestly. But I love you guys so much. And we will talk next week. Bye. Bye.